Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here at the top of the noon hour. And we are joined by Trish. Always happy to have Trish as a co-pilot here, a co-host on our show. It makes the shows definitely more interesting. And I'm sure our viewers like to, to continue to meet the members of our family. But since we are at the top of the noon hour, let's start our show off by praying the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as we get started on our show today, which I hope uh, we can touch on the cardinal virtues today, I think it'll be a very, very good show. Um, because a lot of times we hear about the virtues and we start thinking, oh my gosh, they're so stuffy. And what does that mean? And I have to follow these rules. And it's like, we already have the Ten Commandments. And why do we have these virtues? But I think it's important to talk about them because we need to look at them from different perspectives, not just a stuffy perspective. But before that, we want to remind our listeners, Saturday, September 18th, uh, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel at 380. West Center Street in Covina, California, we are going to be having the Women's Conference. True Devotion to St. Joseph is the title. Oh, nice. Trish has a flyer right there. Save the date. I love it. Uh, September 18th, Saturday, September 18th with Father Charles Muir, who's always a wonderful uh, person to listen to. I love his stories. I love what he has to say. Father Stephen will be there and Mary Danielle Barber as well. So that's pretty, uh, pretty cool. Uh, Trish, what do you think of when you think of Women's Conference? Like, what do you hope to get out of it? Um, well, first and foremost, for me, um, being a fairly new Catholic, not one who grew up with, with the faith, I want to... Um, get a, a woman's perspective on what the instructions, our little instruction book that is the Bible, is telling us to do from, um, you know, family to your own faith and um, your relationship with, with Christ. And so I think um, I'm excited about um, the true devotion to St. Joseph because him being the perfect spouse. Right. <laughs> um, he's a great role model um, for for us women as well. I mean, just the um, 
how how his partnership with the Blessed Mother um, was so perfectly um, illustrated to us in understanding the his yes as much as it was her her yes to making this whole thing possible. Yeah, because you know what I was thinking, um, you know, with the women's conference, even though they call it a women's conference, I was thinking it'd be good for guys to listen mm-hmm. to or attend the women's conference because I was thinking, you know, it might sound like, oh, it's a women's conference for the women. But what I was thinking, especially since the theme is true devotion to St. Joseph, um, and I know that we just had our sex and honor conference. We talked about marriage and relationships. Having a women's conference or listening to things from a woman's perspective, I think is very helpful to us guys too because sometimes we have to stop and listen and think, well, wait a minute, what is it that women are talking? It's, it's funny, um, you know, God made us so different, but he made us to be coupled up to each other, and yet we are like the most strange thing to each other, right? Men are right. like, I can't figure a woman out. Oh, I can't figure a man out. And yet I think listening to a conference like this for guys might be very helpful in terms of uh, just growing uh, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hopefully encouraging <laughs> our our other half, our better halves, to um, to tune in. You know, even though this is a women's conference, it's like with the men's conference, um, a lot of women ask, can I come? And I was like, well, we certainly aren't going to turn you away because, again, um, it's important to understand the other the other side of that coin to be able to hear the other perspective um this is geared for for women to understand um how a true devotion to saint joseph will help women just as much as it helps men and so i think this is going to be a really interesting perspective um being that mary danielle barber is going to have her talk on it um from a women's point of view, but then we have two fantastic um, priests who uh, lend so much knowledge um, of the scripture and of St. Joseph's role as the um, the head of the family. So I think um, it's just going to be um, a wonderful um, day. Yeah, I was thinking, well, you know, I was thinking um, as I saw it, uh, I, I mean, I was lucky enough to be here, obviously, for the whole day and, and do the the Sex and Honor conference that we had and uh, got a lot of positive reviews from that. And, you know, great to hear that many people found it helpful. But and my wife was nice enough to take care of the kids all day while I did that. But I was thinking I was going to let her either choose to go to the conference here and I'll, you know, we'll swap. I'll take care of the kids. Or if, if she you know doesn't want to, we, I was thinking, man, it'd be kind of nice to listen to it. I don't know for sure what I'll do is if nothing else, I'll, I'll buy the virtual um, you know, purchase it and then we can, I can sit with my wife and listen to it. Cause I think it is important for us to learn about each other, uh, in terms of just life. And I think that that ties into our topic for today. Um, because our topic for today is four cardinal virtues. And again, I want our listeners to know that Trish was nice enough to come on no preparation whatsoever, <laughs> which I love because it's just a real conversation. Uh, and you know, our listeners can, can tune in and feel free to email me as well. If you guys have any questions, my email doctor, that's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. If there's any questions, comments, or thoughts on our uh, shows. Um, but the four cardinal virtues are important. Now I know that we talk about the theological virtues a lot, faith, hope, and love. And we know that the faith, hope, and love are infused virtues, meaning that I can't just work for them on my own. I actually have to pray for them and God has to grant that to us. So we have to ask for those. I have to ask for faith. I have to ask for hope. I have to ask for love. But the four cardinal virtues are a little bit different. I can work on these on my own. This is something that I can think about. Let's just list them for our listeners. So one of them is justice. The next one is fortitude. 
Uh, the other one is temperance. And the one that kind of guides them all is prudence. So prudence is kind of like the main one. It's the one that um, <clears throat> St. Thomas Aquinas said is the, the uh, charioteer or the main virtue uh, among the virtues because it, it guides them all and prudence actually takes a, a part in each of them. But I think it's important to go through them in our modern day society and talk about them as far as even in relationships, even as far as a women's conference, a men's conference, what it means within a family. Because what I remember our listeners, I want to remind our listeners that you know, a lot of a lot of people feel like, gosh, it sounds like we're in the end times now. It seems like there's a whole lot of uh, things going on, and the final battle supposed to be against the family. But Trish, before we get into the, the virtues, what do you see happening to families nowadays? Oh my gosh, we're so scattered. Um, everybody's got their own agenda. It seems like, um, and everybody's agenda is so much more important than yours or mine. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really a tough um, culture to get along in right now. Um, I, I'm a mother of only two, and um, I've got one in the middle of the country, and I've got the other one who just uh, moved out of the house um, onto college campus this weekend. And, um, you know, the focus has always been on um, making sure that they have whatever they need, but um, it's it's hard to juggle their individual needs with what the whole family their needs, our needs as a whole family unit is. So I think that's probably one of the hardest things that um, modern parents have to deal with. How do you how do you juggle that um, without trampling on anybody else? You know. I think that's true, and I think here's what I find challenging. And you tell tell me if I'm right or wrong. Now we're in very different places as far as parenting because mm-hmm. all my kids are little, so I still have quote unquote control over them, so to speak. Um, you know, they're in, they're at home. We, I drop them off at school. I pick them up. We have to buy their clothes. They're not, you know, they, they still look to mom and dad a lot for their everyday well-being, shall we say. But it seems to me, and this is kind of the stuff that scares me as I look to the future and as I see what happens as kids are growing up in today's society. And this is where I would speak to the virtue of justice, which is the first one we talked about. Um, it seems to me that society is geared in a way to kind of split the family up. Like that sense of family unity, I, I don't see that as much before, you know, it, and, and I'm not saying that we have to be hokey pokey and all, you know, sing kumbaya together, but just that sense of spending time together um, as the kids are getting older, you know, in, in their late teens, early 20s, just, oh, mom, let's go to the store. Let's run some, run some errands, having regular everyday conversations. Well, you know, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? Um, it seems like that's lost a lot. And the reason that I uh, attribute that to, you know, we need to work on the virtue of justice. Justice really means um, re- <clears throat> fairness. It, it really means fairness. It means giving to people what what they need. We have this term all the time in the medical world. We say justice because if somebody's sick and we have the medication to give it to them, um, then they deserve that medication. You know, if somebody has cancer, we have the medication. We're going to give it to whoever comes in, uh, regard, technically regardless of financial position or anything like that. So it's giving people what is their due. And the reason that I say, gosh, if society, as things are going, especially with technology and texting, and it's kind of splitting the family up, that doesn't seem to me to be justice because I think we forget that the parent, the children still need parental guidance regardless of how old they are, but society keeps breaking that up. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear the music coming, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more. We're going to touch on that when we come back from the break, and we're going to see how do these uh, virtues really work within our families, and if we work on them, how we can have stronger families. More on the other side of the break. 
All right, welcome back to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about the four cardinal virtues and how those apply to our families. And we are joined by our very own Trish. Rich, if you're there, if you could flash my email up on the screen, I'm not sure if you're listening, but to all of our listeners, my email is doctor, that's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Please email me. I am doing a giveaway of Our Lady of Sorrows, the chaplet, uh, for anybody who uh, emails me and lets me know how their prayer is going. So I've told our listeners uh, for this month, every Friday, we're going to be doing a chaplet uh, to Our Lady of Sorrows. And September is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. We're going to do that chaplet. uh, And then we're going to do a novena in September. Uh, The goal of this is if we pray the novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, I think we've talked about this before on the show, but Our Lady, with that through that devotion, helps us to see what our faults are, how to improve them, and how to make a good confession. Because ultimately, that's the ultimate deliverance there. We can do a good confession. We will remove all negativity from our, our lives, and we will only focus on Christ. So again, email me. That's Dr. Dr. It's dr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. Let me know how you're doing. If you're praying the chaplet to Our Lady of Seven Sorrows, there will be a giveaway for that. Before the break, uh, Trish and I were talking about the virtue of justice. And justice really means fairness, giving people what is due to them. Um, this is why we say, you know, the justice system, when people get arrested and we think, oh, you know, right away, the emotion is hang them, kill them, get rid of them, right? Down with this person. But justice means, hang on, let's take a step back. They are still a human being. We have to... The, the punishment must fit the crime. If we think of it from, from a justice type system, we can't just kill everybody. We have to look at what was a crime and is there a fair punishment or justice. In the spiritual world, in the virtual world, however, justice means making sure that we give people what they deserve spiritually. And when I was talking about it, I had a question for you, Trish. As our kids get older and they start moving out of the house, they go to college, they go off into the world, it feels to me like there's this sense of, keeping kids away from their parents or all of a sudden that's not encouraged or, you know, parents are not as important. You're your own person. Now you got to make your own decisions. And truly, I think that that is an injustice to our children because parents never stop being parents. And sometimes we don't even realize that to where later in life we're like, wait, what happened all those years? I should have listened to my parents. What do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And then it, it happens way before they go off to college. I I'm going to say as far as, um, at the very latest middle school is when they start pulling the kids away. And it doesn't matter what school system you're with. If you're in public school or in private school, it's, it's happening. Um, How do you right, see that happen though? Like what, like guide me through that a little bit, like say middle school, you start junior high, what's being fed or what are the kids listening to that would cause this? So um, there are certain, um, certain standards in education that all schools have to meet. Um, particularly here in California. So um, as involved as I was with with my girls' schooling um, through Christian schools and then Catholic schools, they were still teaching things that um, I could see that certain things, certain virtues were being completely looked over. And by the time they're in high school, um, the kids seem to think that they are their own lawyers And so the word justice comes up a lot and it's not, it's a very twisted uh, version of justice. So um, to them, justice is give me what's mine, my body, my my wants, my choice. 
you know what, um, you can, you can argue all you want with them. And I feel, um, I feel like justice is a one way street for our kids. Like they, they get all of the, um, the rights, they have all of the ability to make their decisions for themselves, they think. Um, and we as parents have no right to tell them what to do. They think that they are our equal. And to them, justice is hand in hand with equality. They don't get any um, boundaries or hierarchy or anything like that. And that is really drilled into them from a very early point. And it's very, you don't realize it's happening because you want your kids to be empowered. You want them to be strong. Sure. I have two girls. You want them mm -hmm. empowered so that they can um, feel like they have the ability to stand up for themselves. But that is a very slippery slope. And, um, one of the hardest things for me as mom and control freak, um, it was really difficult for me to allow them to have the freedom, so to speak, to make those mistakes and mm -hmm. fall and try to figure out how to get out of it without overmothering and without doing it for them. That's really that's a that's a difficult thing for all parents at all of the stages I think to, that's, yeah. to deal with. And I think you're right. I think that that's one of the challenges with justice if we're looking at it from a Catholic family perspective. Mm -hmm. Because you're right in the world, the world we are in today is all about make sure that you uh, get your rights met, mm -hmm. and these are your rights, and this is what's coming to you, and make sure that whatever's coming to you is coming to you. But from a Catholic perspective, we've always thought taught that justice within the family, I think it goes back to the fourth commandment and they forget the honor your mother and father part. Because yes, as a kid, as a kid, you should have rights. You should not be abused by your parents. I think the pendulum sometimes swings the other way because, you know, back in the day, we hear a lot more about now there's CPS cases, things like that, because unfortunately there are families that are abusive, but it seems like society now makes it seem like any rule your parents uh, set in the house is an abuse of your personal rights. Mm -hmm. And the reality is from a Catholic perspective is look, you are part of a family and you need to respect your parents and they're setting boundaries for a reason and you have to adhere to those boundaries as part of that particular family, even if your friends down the street don't have the same rules. Uh, but I think it's it's the greater picture of as Catholics, we follow our boundaries. It kind of builds that character mm -hmm. of justice of everybody needs what they deserve and part of what I deserve as a kid is to have parents that guide me with boundaries. And we forget that, you know, like we look at the early ages, kindergarten, elementary school, and we say kids thrive on schedules and boundaries and all that, even though they don't want it. And then all of a sudden, you're right, junior high, I guess, is what you're saying, is all of a sudden we kind of release that and we say, no, not so much, you know, you got to do your own thing now. Well, and the teachers are, are telling this in, in their, social, their social studies mm -hmm. classes mm -hmm. and their sexuality classes, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. They don't take home ec anymore. It's not right. put that way. It's it's really human sexuality before they're ever ready to even hear some of this stuff. Yeah. So um, uh, what I loved about your conference is <laughs> last, um, it, it, you touched upon that um, on more than one occasion. And, um, you know, justice is definitely a two-way street. And when we're talking about... Um, what you deserve versus um, what you need, what you think you deserve, rather, versus what you need from a Catholic uh, perspective. 
that unfortunately is not being taught with any kind of clarity. So that brings us to the virtue of temperance. So justice is, this is what you deserve, but then temperance is within what I deserve, there have to be limitations. There has to be some restraint, right? Mm -hmm. Temperance, we can think of temperance as kind of like almost like fasting, if you will, like when we're fasting, oh, I really want that, but I know that I'm going to improve spiritually if I don't. And fasting is like a self-imposed thing. Temperance, I think, should be more, so we talked about justice as fairness, but temperance, if we're going to look at it, it's the practice of self-control. I think fasting helps us with that, but temperance is a self-control. So we don't see that in society anymore, especially like in science. And if you're talking about, you know, gender and gender identity and sexuality or things along those lines, there's no such thing as self-control as a, hey, take a moment, take a step back, stop, think about this. It's have at it. It's whatever you're feeling. It's very right. emotionally uh, charged in terms of whatever you're feeling right now, that's what's right and go for it. And anything goes. Anything goes. Anything and, goes. And, there's, and there's I no should limit. be able to do whatever I want and have no consequences for it because that person shouldn't be reacting that way if I'm dressed a certain way or whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, that is just not the real world. Right. Because then, <laughs> because then you're defying actually the laws of nature, if you will. So, I mean, when we, you know, it's funny because I just had this conversation with my, my oldest daughter and it was one of these things about, look, you're going to feel a certain way and you might think a certain way, but you also have to respect that people react a certain way, not because they're trying to be disrespectful or mean or anything like that, but it's just, it's the laws of the world. I always equate it to, you know, if I go into a, a lion cage with a raw steak, I shouldn't expect, because of the nature of a lion, I shouldn't expect them to be like, well, hang on now, just because I have this doesn't mean that I expect you to attack it. <laughs> that's the way the lion works. I, I need to respect that. Um, and that's part of my temperance. I shouldn't overstep my boundaries. I should show some restraint, recognizing other people's rights. Mm-hmm. So this is how we see that the virtues kind of join each other. So justice is about everybody gets what they deserve. I get what I deserve. But that also means that I have to have temperance and, and hold a, a, you know, show some restraint to make sure that other people are getting what they deserve too and the respect they deserve by me not exerting my rights in terms of well, it's only about me. I got to recognize there's other people out there. Right, right, exactly. And temperance, I think, especially in modern society where I want what I want now, right? Hey. Pull out the credit card. Right. I'm going to put in an order and this says it's going to come by tomorrow. Gosh darn it, it's going to come the next day. What happened? I wanted it an hour ago. Um, and I think society puts that on us and, and the temperance is not uh, not something that's controlled. It's all about get what you want. The question is, what's the consequence of that? What's the consequence of not practicing temperance? I guess it's the equivalent of like eating the whole cake. Right. You're going to get sick. Right. That's that's an excellent analogy. I love that. Um, you know, I, w- I was thinking when you don't have proper temperance, um, this society of instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know, nobody can deal with anything, you know, anymore. It's um, if I don't get it when I want it the way I want it, there's temper tantrums, you right. know. And um, I guess to a certain extent, we're all guilty of it. But, you know, it's just um, it's so unfortunate, this this fast paced lifestyle that we've become so accustomed to. And how do you for for those who um, didn't grow up without that, they can't even imagine what it was like before the age of the cell phone and oh, yeah. before the age of lightning speed internet. Oh yeah. Like 
I remember turning on the computer and having to wait five minutes for it to boot up. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I still I'm remember, that old. <laughs> I still remember the dial tone sound before you got on the internet and you had to. Yes. Wait. And and then if you were on the internet, you couldn't use the phone because it was using the phone line, and it wasn't its own yeah. line. And <laughs> you know when it first started, and and I I got to say I remember what before it life before internet. I remember when the internet first came about. So you're right. It is it is a different world. I guess I equate it to justice would be, you know, this is my birthday cake. Because right. it has my name on it and temperance would be, but I'm not going to eat it all. <laughs> I'm going to share right. it. Right. I'm going to have because one gonna... little slice. <clears throat> yeah. But, right. And you're right. And I think that w- one of the other things is that happens with is what I see in the therapy world is as far as the temperance and anybody who listened to my talk uh, last week was on, um, on suffering versus sacrifice is that sometimes we want a quick fix now. I want to feel better. I want to feel better now. And I think that the internet, the social media, the way that it, the way that technology has driven, we're used to, I'm going to get the answer right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to go to the library and look up the Dewey decimal system. <laughs> and now I just go online and do you a search engine. You had to read engine. a book. Yeah, you had to read a book. But now I just do a search engine and I want it now. And so I think we've lost that sense of temperance through that of saying, no, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to work towards something. All right. Very interesting. So the four cardinal virtues in the family. Uh, so far, we talked about justice, temperance. Up, coming up next is going to be prudence and fortitude. And we're going to see how do these Catholic virtues still mean something to our Catholic family on the other side of the break. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show, where we talk about thinking Catholic, living Catholic, so we can be Catholic. And today we're joined by Trish, our very own Trish, as we discuss family values through the four cardinal virtues as taught by the Catholic faith. Uh, interesting, because in today's society, it seems like it gets harder and harder to even discuss these topics, you know, to even use words like temperance or justice or for, you know, it seems like unless, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you this. Anytime you say social justice, that's okay. Depends on who you're talking right. to. <laughs> this is true. But you know what the fallacy is? <laughs> you're talking to a teenager, you may not get very far. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what the funny thing is? To, there, there's only justice. I mean, once you start to uh, uh, qualify it differently, it loses its sense because what other justice is there? If we look at it as a virtue, there's just justice. It's what's right for each individual. If you talk about social justice, the, the question is why are you changing it to what do you mean by social justice? Shouldn't justice just be justice? But that's a whole nother conversation, right? And that's that's gonna... <laughs> where it gets twisted, right? That's where the meaning Very gets twisted. So. <clears throat> it's um, everything is so politicized. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. And now and nowadays, I was telling, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm like, you can't even really go grocery shopping without the products you buy and being politicized in a way, right? And that's where you know, and that's where the temperance comes in. Before, if now, okay, you walk somewhere, and whether you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. You know, how many people come up to you and tell you something or give you a dirty look? And, and that's where temperance has to come in. It's like that self-control of like, well, what might be right for me, what might be justice for me, I have to be respectful of other people's justice. Mm-hmm. I think as Catholics, as, especially as parents, um, the virtue of fortitude right now <laughs> is what's really important. So fortitude is also called courage or forbearance or strength or endurance, the ability to confront fear, uncertainty, and intimidation. I think right now in society, there's a whole lot of fear, uncertainty, intimidation. And the question is, how do we confront that? And the sad part is, I think, that we have to confront, as you were saying, fear, uncertainty, and intimidation within our own families. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we're, we're in a position now where this is where I'm telling you, it feels to me like families are kind of being divided, separated, especially as the kids get older, where not only are they picking sides on political issues, but that means then I have to pick sides whether or not I want to talk to my mom anymore. Right. Talk to my dad anymore. Yeah. Like I, I can't talk to this person anymore because of X, Y, or Z. Um, and what kind of fortitude does that take as a mom? Oh gosh. Um, it, it's so, uh, taxing mm-hmm. because, um, you want to be there for your child. You, you want to hopefully be that person that they can confide in and trust you that, whether whether you're telling them what they want to hear or not, that they know in their hearts that you have your opinion and the way you think because and, and you want to share that with them because you want them to either succeed or you want them to be well or you want them to be happy. And that's that is is mom or dad, that is your number one priority is to make sure that they are safe and they are healthy and they are happy. So it makes it really, really difficult when they equate your um, your opinion or your point of view as being from the enemy. And that's, to me, that's like, it, it, it's totally on a spiritual warfare level now. It's, it's gotten to the point where the lack of communication um, between families um, is so systematic um, that it's um you know it's it's hard to have the fortitude to be able to to deal with it i mean i fall back on the serenity prayer all the Mm -hmm. time it's so it's so true and um you know i've i've suggested it to to my daughters when they're frustrated with something um to just recite that prayer but um the word prayer even becomes um one of those those taboo words they don't want to hear it they don't want to hear the word prayer come up i can do this i am self-reliant i can you know don't 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 make me pray on it mom because prayer doesn't help and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) sometimes i just want to say oh if you could only like if i could replay um a video of myself Right. When I was their age, seeing the same things, you know. <laughs> but, that, but you make a really, really good point because at this point, I'm telling you, like right now, we're in different places. My kids are very little. I still feel like I have a lot of control, you know. And I think that as we see them grow up, you're saying junior high, high school, college. You know, I, I think back to, to high school, I think, is when I started rebelling a little bit more and thinking that's when kids. But, yeah, nowadays you're right. Now with information, information technology, the speed of things. Uh, you, it's going to be younger and younger. Yeah. Um, and for our listeners, let's just read that serenity prayer. I think it's important because they use it actually a lot in uh, people when they go through addiction and they realize mm-hmm. that they can't control their desire, their drive at that time. So really in times of where I want to have that strength, I want to keep that fortitude, mm-hmm. um, but I realize things are out of my control and I just have to let go and let God, which is right. actually the best way to go, but it's kind of scary and it, and it feels like, Okay, here we go. Is there a safety net? I don't know. But for our listeners, I'm sure you've heard it before, but it's always a good reminder. It's called the serenity prayer. And it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so it really, you know, we're talking about fortitude. We got to have that strength. The serenity prayer really brings us to prudence. 
So we've talked about, let's back up a little bit. Let's just summarize. We've talked about justice and justice being, you know, give everybody what they're due. And I think in society, we got to give everybody what they're due. And part of that means don't tell Catholics they can't be Catholics. Mm-hmm. And don't tell kids not to listen to their parents. And don't tell, because as we believe, you know, the best thing for the kid, the justice for the child is to be in a happy, healthy uh, home environment where the parents hopefully have their best interests. And if they do, don't tell them not to follow what the parents are saying, especially if they're giving them good advice, good Catholic advice. Uh, temperance in terms of saying, we do have a society where so much is at our fingertips. So much is out there. We can kind of do anything we want. I mean, I'm sure that if we spoke to our grandparents about, you know, you can fly around the world really quickly, it'd probably be like, wow, you know, I, I didn't, would not have imagined that as a kid, you know, could not have imagined. So we got temperance. We got fortitude. Um, where now we got to have the strength. We got to, we got to work on, okay, my kid's going to rebel or, you know, I can't control what's on the news or I can't control what people are saying, but I have the, I have to have the strength. You were saying it's tiring. It's interesting that fortitude has the word strength in it because it's very tiring to hold that flag and say, look, I know what you're hearing. I know what you're thinking. And I'm not telling you that you're wrong entirely. I don't want to use that word, but I will tell you what I believe is right. And I got to hold on to that flag, regardless of what tomatoes you throw at me, regardless of uh, how I'm the bad person. But the serenity prayer is really important. When we pray that serenity prayer, that last part is the wisdom to know the difference. And that's where the virtue of prudence comes in. We talked about this a little bit at the Sex and Honor Conference um, in terms of making decisions about relationships, making decisions about when we get married, just because I love somebody doesn't mean that they're the right person for me. Just because I think that they are just the cat's meow, they're so wonderful, doesn't mean that we're gonna make a good married couple. Um, Prudence is being able to make that discernment, the appropriate course of action, in a given situation at the appropriate time, meaning I need to take that step back and realize what's the right thing to do here. I think it's hard as parents to be prudent in these situations, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but as my kid's rebelling, you know, I'm not there right now, but I think that it's not always prudent to fight fight them on every topic. It's kind of like you got to pick your battles. Right? Yeah, pick and choose your battles. <laughs> it's like my mantra. I got to pick and choose my battles. And sometimes it creates... Um, this is where the division comes in because um, I'll be accused by my husband. Oh, you're letting her get away with that. And I'm like, I am choosing which is the more important thing. Do I want a relationship with my daughter? Or do I want to be right all the time? So that's and that's exactly what I was going to ask you, because picking and choosing your battles, unfortunately, sometimes it might seem like you're being permissive on certain things. Mm-hmm. It can it can appear that way uh, when you're being prudent. And part of prudence is like, no, I'm not. It's not that I'm allowing that to happen. It's that I'm picking a different battle right now. Actually. Right, right. You know, I'm not going to pick that battle because I can see down the road and I can see that that's not going to lead to anything positive, you know, and, I, and it can be a challenging place. It can be a pretty lonely place, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's um, I want to mention that there's another part of the serenity prayer that a lot of people I didn't know this part oh. until um, more recently. I've been doing it for years, but um there's, there's a couple more lines that go on, and it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about with prudence and fortitude. Um, living one day at a time, accepting one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, mm. taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. So well. learning to deal with... The mess that we've created. Okay, so pray that was say that one more time because I did not know that part. 
I, okay, I've only, so. I, I've only known the classic uh, first part, but go ahead and, and tell us again that second part. Okay, so um, living one moment at a time. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my I lost my train of thought. So living one moment at a time. I'm living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, living in the here and now, but towards mm -hmm. the higher purpose. Mm -hmm. um, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, because mm -hmm. nothing good is easy. Nothing comes to us. Nothing of any value should be handed to us. We have to work for that thing yeah. that's so good that's the, the big the goal we have to work towards it it's not just handed to us in my show last week we were talking about if anybody listened to it we we're talking about the difference between suffering and sacrifice and that right. suffering is going to happen but we can either choose it to be a suffering or we can offer it up right and turn it into a sacrifice to god a gift to god okay right. i'm sorry I interrupted. right Keep yeah going. so um trusting trusting that he will make all things right if i surrender to his will that I may be reasonably happy in this life, which is temporary, but supremely happy with him forever in the next. Again, earning that place with him. So we have to work through it. And it's, I think I think that that's that that last part you just said, being reasonably happy in this life, but supremely happy in the. I think that's the key a lot of times to the prudence we have to have the appropriate course of action because a lot of times it seems like in in our modern day society we're really encouraged to make our happiness here and now mm -hmm. right right we're not we, we're not encouraged to work towards anything else instant gratification right it has to happen here because all of a sudden it gives you the idea that there is no heaven make your heaven now and yeah. and that's how you're going to be happy oh uh, more when we come back from the break on the other <laughs> side we're going to keep talking about the virtues suffering, sacrifice, and the seven stars of Our Lady after the break. All right. Welcome back to the clinic here at the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. You're listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We always like to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Today, we are talking with Trish about the four cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, and what that means to us today as a Catholic family, as a Catholic society. Trish, what do you think? Do you think there's any hope for Catholic families? That's all we have is hope, right? Right, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I was talking to Terry earlier and he told me this great story where he said he was walking somewhere, he was out in public and he saw a lady walking around uh, with a baby and it was like a two-week-old baby, brand new born baby, you know, new, freshly born baby. And uh, he went up to her and he's like, oh, is that, you know, is that baby you got there? And she's like, oh yeah, it's my two-week-old and I think it was her first kid. And, you know, Terry being Terry is always so uh, friendly and, and out there. And he was talking to her and he said, you know, the best gift you can give that kid is a little brother or sister. And he said that this woman just got to tears and she started crying. And, and uh, uh, she said, you know, that's what I hope for. She said, I, uh, I grew up with my sister and I couldn't imagine not having a sister. Um, and she said, and, uh, um, but my husband, he's not so sure that he wants one, but she's really hoping for one. And, and so what do you think about that? I mean, as we're talking about families, we're talking about virtues. You think that we should still be giving each other, you know, kids siblings. You think we should still be having big families as Catholics? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't, um, I have two older sisters. Um, no, we did not always get along, but 
it's um it's important to have siblings just to learn to get along with other people in society how do how do you teach an only child now i have a niece who is an only child and her mother was an only child um and i it puzzles me uh because how how do they figure out how to really truly get along and understand that people are different and there's differences because if you have your set of friends you know yes you're going to notice differences but you don't have to live with those people so at the end of the day you can kind of just you know slide them off and say okay i i don't have to deal with that person yeah you know, anymore. Well, and you know what that's that's a really really good point because especially in today's society as everybody's trying to redefine families and what families really mean and things of that nature i think about Growing up with siblings and having those siblings, you know, get married and have children of their own. And then for us having cousins and you're building this family that's a true blood family. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't even imagine getting older and not having cousins or brothers or sisters or somebody, you know, who I'm connected to, regardless mm -hmm. of whether we're arguing, not arguing, we have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely. And in the end of everything, um, who's got your back, right? You know? So, um, I, I would, I, I don't want to say that I feel sorry for, um, you know, the people who, who aren't fortunate enough to have siblings, they don't know any different, but, um, you know, for better or for worse, family is after all family and they really are all you've got when it comes right down to it. Um, and, and I remind, I, I find myself reminding my daughters, you know, your dad and I aren't going to be around forever. Right. And I'm hoping that, you know, the seeds that I've planted in you guys someday will um, grow and bear fruit. And you'll understand when you're mature and older, you know, it's a cl cliche. And I tell them this all the time. I used to think like you guys all the time. I was... In my early 20s, I was the last person who ever thought I'd be a mom. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's strange about being a parent is I still don't feel like a parent. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't feel what whatever I envisioned my parents felt like as parents. I've never felt that. Right, right. Of what I thought it was. And, you know, where's the instruction manual? Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> I think I left yeah. it at the hospital. <laughs> right? <laughs> they forgot to give it to me. Where's my warranty? <laughs> but, the, but this is where I think that. But when Terry was telling me that story about telling that lady, you know, have, have another sibling or give, yeah. give your child a sibling, I thought that's actually very prudent. I think yeah. a lot of times we imagine prudence as like restraint, mm -hmm. almost like temperance. Mm -hmm. But I think prudence really means knowing what's the appropriate course of action. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, because unfortunately in society we use it as, oh, you're a prude. And a prude really means you're not going to do adventurous things or things of that nature. What really prudence means is I'm going to put things on a scale and I'm going to see what's right and what's wrong. And I'm going to go with what's right. Temperance is the one that says I'm going to hold back on, on things. And that's fine. And temperance is a good one. But I think prudence is, I would see it from the flip side. I wouldn't see it as prudence is like restraint. I would see it as, well, if we already have one kid, mm -hmm. what's going to happen to this kid in the future? Mm -hmm. They need siblings. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually prudent to have more children if possible or to, uh, to create a family. I think that that's the whole prudence behind creating a family because you're going to create this culture, this environment within your household. And you would hope that that gets carried on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you think back to um, the pioneering days or 
if, um, you know, the early days of having uh, farms and ranches, mm -hmm. it would be imprudent for a farmer to not have a big family because where is he going to get all of his help? Yeah. You know, he wouldn't be able to afford to hire ranch hands unless he was somehow independently wealthy. He would need to to be able to take care of the, the, the farm and the family and the whole, you know, it's a team effort. It's, it's the, not just Yeah, him. for the betterment of the family. Right. And, if you look at and society. Way, yeah, you just read my mind. Yeah, I was going to say betterment of the family and the community and society. Right. right? So, so having big families is actually not only good in that, in, in that way, but it also helps to uh, propagate the faith. Teach responsibility. Teach responsibility, create more Catholics, more yeah. Catholic families. And because otherwise we're going to be a dying breed. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything, everything. You got to share. You, you can't always have things on time. You got to, you know, share your time, your things with your brothers and sisters. And even if it's, hey, we're going to have family night. No, you're not going to go out. The family's important. You know, this is, this is you're going to see your friends later. Kids are probably, gonna, ah, depending on what, how old they are. But no, this is what's important right now. This is the value of the family. I think it's important to teach that. It's harder I'll, I'll say this. I know people who, after they have one kid, they're like, oh my God, I'm not going to have any more kids because that was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was having one kid was a lot of work because you're it. Mm -hmm. You're their playmate. You're everything. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden having the second kid, it's not that it's not more work up front, right? But in the long run, it's like, oh wow, they have a sibling. Like now all of a sudden they are a unit. They're playing together. I can do this. And they're they have a friend. hanging out. They have a friend, you know? And so I think that that's just, I think that that's very prudent. I think that that's justice because I think that having a kid, you deserve a sibling. You know, I think that that's part of the justice part. I think it takes fortitude to do that. So we pray for the, you know, we hope to build our fortitude, but I think it's also temperance in the sense of people are going to say, how that's, how's that temperance if you're going to have more kids? Because I think it's temperance for us as a married couple to say, no, I'm not going to be buying all the things I want to buy. I'm not going to go on all the trips I want to go on. I'm going to show restraint mm -hmm. in my own uh, I'll use the term selfish. I don't mean that we're being selfish, but, yeah. but you know, it's kind of like my own selfish desires for the better of my children, because I'm going to, I'm going to use my money to help raise a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, taking the words right out of my mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have nothing to add to that really, because, um, you don't realize, uh, unless you came from a really large family, you don't understand the dynamic it's its own society, mm -hmm. really. It's its own community. Mm -hmm. um, my family wasn't that large, but, um, and, you know, I married um, my husband. He came from a, a family with two siblings, there were three children, but he had all of his aunts and uncles and cousins, you know, within a few miles, sometimes only a few feet. Some of yeah. them lived down the street. Mm -hmm. So they were their own community. And I was, you know, it was strange to me. I wasn't used to that and um, how everything uh, revolved around that sense of family and community. All of the, um, all of the cousins were friends and they yeah. all hung out together. And I just thought, wow, that's so beautiful and so extraordinary. Well, and it's good because you learn how to make decisions based on the betterment of the family. Yeah. You realize that yeah. the decisions you make are for the family. You hang out with your family. It's all. And I think it kind of brings us back to the family of Christ. You know, as I make decisions for myself, it's for the betterment of my Catholic family, of, mm -hmm. of our faith. And we see that. That's why the family unit 
is right, a little representation of the Trinity, right? So we're making decisions for the betterment of our family. This is where I think, you know, any of our listeners, any anybody having questions about their family, their siblings, anything along those lines, practice these virtues. I think it's good to look at them and think of them in terms of us as our Catholic spirituality, our Catholic families. We need to be prudent. We need to have temperance, justice, and fortitude. And I think that that's going to bring us up, especially if we're thinking about how it's hard to suffer versus make sacrifices. You know, if everything is suffering and painful, then we're not going to get much fruit from it. But if we learn how to, within the family, whatever we find difficult, challenging, we turn into a sacrifice. Oh, you know, I'm going to put up with personalities. Our siblings are all going to have different personalities. But if I can turn it into a sacrifice, I think we're headed in the right direction. And this is why I want to talk about Our Lady of Sorrows and devotion to Our Lady of Sorrows. And really, as we come up on uh, September, which is the month of Our Lady of Sorrows, I want to start uh, praying on Fridays. I was saying uh, to our listeners, let's pray the chaplet to Our Lady of Sorrows. And again, if you email me, Richard, if you're listening, please put my email up on the screen. Uh, it's drdr.sandovalvmpr at gmail.com. You email me, I'm going to uh, be giving away the chaplets for Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, but there's promises associated with praying this. So what we're going to do is this. On the Fridays, I want to do the chaplets. And then starting September 8th, which is... Um, <clears throat> when we celebrate, I believe it's the birth birth of Our Lady. I have to go back and look now. Gosh, I forgot I had it on my mind. But I'm going to go back and look. But there's a novena because Our Lady of Sorrows is on the 15th. So now that's bugging me. i got to look it up. But uh, So September 8th, Our Lady in the Catholic Church. It's the feast of birth of Our Lady. So the birth of Our Lady, September 8th. Um, and so starting September 8th, if we go through the 15th, it's a novena, and so we're going to be doing the novena then. But listen to these wonderful promises that Our Lady told St. Bridget of Sweden to anybody who, with devotion, meditates on her sorrows. Because we've got to remember, you know, as we're here on this earth, where we talked about we're not supposed to build our treasure here. We're not supposed to get comfortable here. And even Our Lady, who was without sin, suffered, kind of like Christ said before his cry, you know, Christ suffered before his resurrection. Our lady suffered as well. And she did not even make it to heaven without suffering. There is no road to heaven without suffering, but listen to these promises. If we pray, um, our lady to our lady of sorrows, if we have this devotion, number one, I will grant peace to their families. Okay. And we're talking about peace to the family. We only have a minute left here. So I'm just going to read through them really quickly. Number two, they will be enlightened about the divine mysteries. Number three, I will console them in their pains and I will accompany them in their works. Number four, I will give them as much as they ask for so long as it does not oppose my divine son and the sanctification of their souls. I will defend them in their spiritual battles in the, with the infernal enemy and I will protect them at the instant, at every instant in their lives. I will visibly help them at the moment of their death. They will see the face of their mother. And number seven, I have obtained this grace from my divine son that those who propagate this devotion to my tears and sorrows will be taken directly from this earthly life to eternal happiness. Since all their sins will be forgiven and my son will be their eternal consolation and joy. Like I always say, I'll take it. I'll nice. take it. If we do these devotions, hopefully these promises will come our way. Uh, keep practicing the virtues. And until next time, this is Dr. Luis Sandoval. Trish, thank you for joining us on the show. And we'll see you back here at the clinic next week on the Dr. Bye, Luis everyone. Sandoval Show. Bye.